Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Empower Outdoors podcast. I know, I know, it has been a while since we've had an episode out, but sort of with good reason. Um, I found out in October that I'm having a baby, so that's exciting, but it has been kind of a rough go the last few months, and I'm extremely busy with it being hunting season and some of my work picking up a bit, and I was seriously, you guys, seriously exhausted. And I decided I needed to put a pause on a few things so that I could really focus on growing my business and, of course, to go hunting, which is always a priority for me. So for our first episode back, Phil's not here, unfortunately, but I'm going to be playing an interview that I did with Kara Harper last week at the ATA show in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, If you're not familiar with the ATA show, it's put on by the Archery Trade Association, and it really is a trade show that showcases all of the new products basically in the archery world so pretty exciting place Um, and Kara was there and I had a chance to sit down with her and really she's one of those people that when you meet her or even follow her online you can really tell that she is a completely genuine person. I've met her a couple of times before ATA and I knew that I wanted to share her story so that other people could get to know her too. Um, If you're not familiar with who she is that's okay but she really is someone who is up and coming in the outdoor industry space. And when I say outdoor industry space, I don't just mean the traditional TV show kind of media. Um, If you're really into the outdoors and consuming content that is hunting and fishing related, that doesn't actually mean traditional media formats anymore. It is social media like Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, um, and all those content creators, people that create independent photography and short films about hunting, and really share the story behind each hunt. Um, That's kind of where this industry is at. I mean, there's always going to be, you know, traditional format of media, um, TV type stuff, but, you know, the younger generation is really embracing different formats, which is great. So, um, and that is something that I think that Kara and her husband Grant have been doing really well. Um, So for a little background, She grew up in Arkansas and really got into waterfowl hunting at a young age because her dad actually had a duck hunting guide service for a few years when she was a kid. And from there, her love of hunting grew, for sure. At this point, she's married and travels in their camper all fall long, hunting. (laughs) Living the dream, basically. Um, She's hunted elk, mule deer, antelope, waterfowl, pheasants, you name it. So... I really hope you guys enjoy the interview because she really does hold herself to a really high standard and has high morals, Um, and she really hopes to set a good example for other young women who want to get into hunting. So let's get to it. Let's hear from Kara. So today I am at ATA show still, and just so y'all know, there is a little bit of background noise, and that's okay. Um, but I'm here with Kara Harper. Really, really excited to get talking to her. We've talked a few times in the past, and finally got to reconnect. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So you've had a really busy, <laughs> busy hunting season. Yes. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about kind of where this season has taken you. Uh, it's taking us it's taken us pretty far west I would say we've done a lot of hunting in Nebraska and Montana New Mexico and uh, it's been really neat to you know expand out and get to hunt different areas because where are you originally from Arkansas okay so going out west it's a different style hunt absolutely 
like more spot and stock, different terrain, different, just everything different. But I really like to hunt in different environments because that really challenges me to become a better hunter and more adaptable. Mm -hmm. And on your first, say, elk hunt, did you go on a guided hunt? Nope, nope, I've never been on a guided elk hunt. Okay, so you've been kind of all do-it-yourself kind of hunting. And you, yep. and talk about like your successes so far with this season. Um, this season, gosh, okay, maybe I'll start with turkey season. Okay, sure. Um, Grant and I went out to Nebraska, and we were able to both shoot two apiece Merriam turkeys with wow. our bows. Wow. And that was incredible. Um, you're hunting in like this mountainous terrain almost in the, the sand hills, you know, of Nebraska. And Nebraska has such a, a wide variety of terrains in there and some, you know, also in the creek bottoms and there's big, you know, Russian olive trees and all kinds of things out there. But it's, it's beautiful scenery. The birds with the white tips, they're just incredible. Uh, they gobble a little bit different than an Eastern, mm -hmm. but it's still really fun. And then shooting them with the bow, you, you spin them a flip. So mm. that's pretty cool. Very cool. So after turkey, what was your next one? After turkey hunting, um, we moved to Iowa for the summer. Mm -hmm. And there we worked with an outfitter, Whiskey Ridge Outfitters, and we were helping him prep for deer season because we were going to become Iowa residents. Um, that actually fell through and we were not able to become Iowa residents even though we did everything legally by the book that you're supposed to do. But sometimes things just don't fall into place and we thought, okay, well maybe that's not, you know, God didn't have that plan to us to hunt big whitetail in Iowa. So um, we moved right on up and we were able to go elk hunting in Montana for the whole month of September. On day 19, Grant was able to harvest an elk with his bow and I actually ended up calling it in for him. I ran back 60 yards and I was cow calling and raking trees and that bull came up to 20 yards and he shot him and it was just, it was an incredible kind of high. You know, we'd hunted so hard for that, that one moment, you know, that one opportunity. I mean, we were camping together. It was just me and him. And that's, that's kind of hard on a couple, mm -hmm. you know, to spend that much time together. This is your but, first year of marriage, right? Yeah, yeah. So. We celebrated our first year of marriage October 21st. Very so, nice. uh, yeah, it, it was fun. The pack out was definitely the most difficult, just us two, um, but we made it through it, and we can laugh about, you know, the squabbles and stuff that we had now. Um, then we went down to New Mexico, and I was able to shoot a bull with uh, my muzzle loader, and it was on the very last day of the hunt. Um, it was a five-day hunt in New Mexico, but collectively it had been about 30 days that we were out hunting. Uh, so... <clears throat> Well, maybe not quite 30, maybe closer to 25. And uh, it felt like <laughs> like 30. And um, so anyways, <clears throat> I was able to um, shoot that bull on the very last day, last 10 minutes of light. Um, it, was, it was an all-time kind of high. Um, I just, my dad had told me that, you know, it can happen as easily in the last hour as it can in the first hour. And that is 100% true. Um, I mean, we were just casually kind of walking back to the truck a little bit earlier than we normally would, but we wanted to get a good start on the ride home. And I just happened to look up and there's this herd of elk, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, there they are, like, let's get down. And um, sure enough, a bull walked out after about 30 minutes or so, and I was able to, I was able to take him with the muzzleloader at 120 yards. And that wow. was my That's first a elk. heck of a shot. First too. bull elk, that, yeah. And we had, we had uh, struggled getting that muzzleloader sighted, sighted in because it was just the two of us trying to sight this muzzleloader in. Mm -hmm. And usually, I don't know, we'd have like 
a little bit of help from someone else or whatnot. Like it, we don't shoot muzzleloaders a whole lot, um, but that was part of the challenge as well was getting that gun sighted in and finding out that you know we had 300 grain bullets and 270 grain bullets, and that gun just didn't like 300 grain bullets. We could not get it sighted in with those bullets, so we moved to the 270 grain, and it was like nail and tacks. So. We were really happy with that. Great shot right behind the shoulder. He didn't run 10 yards, mm. and he was down. Wow. And I actually got to call my dad um, as I was walking up to my elk. And I was on the phone with him. I had just enough service. And then we FaceTimed him, and he got to see it. And Because I'd called him every it day. It gives me chills, like, yeah. you know, that, sharing that experience. We FaceTimed Grant's family as well, and they were all happy for us. And it's, it's just so neat. We got everything on film, both Grant's elk hunt, my elk hunt. And we were able to take that home to our families and share that with them. That's awesome. So you kind of live on the road, right? <clears throat> yes. So you guys have an RV? We have a camper, camper. a fifth wheel camper. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So next on our list was uh, Nebraska. Okay. So we went to Nebraska after, I think we went home and packed up for like a week or so. And then we went out to Nebraska with Prairie Rock Outfitters and Grant was guiding for them in whitetail, mule deer and duck hunting. Um, I was kind of his assistant, <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. Um, I got to whitetail hunt a lot while I was out there. I saw bigger deer than I've ever seen in my entire life. I was passing bigger bucks than I've ever shot with a gun or a bow. And I was just hunting a very, very specific type of deer, more of like a management style buck or just a monster buck, mm -hmm. you know, because I didn't want to shoot an up and coming four and a half year old um, or even a five and a half year old. We were, we're really want our bucks to get it to about six and a half years old and um, at least for me since you know I work for them mm -hmm. so you know if you're if you're a outfitter you want your deer to you know you want to save those bucks for you know people coming in and hunting and stuff but there was one buck that it was a really nice eight point that uh, he's probably four and a half years old and he's probably only ever going to be an eight point and because uh, the older eight points are the ones that I was able to shoot and I, I did get on one later in the season but uh, never didn't have enough time to seal the deal on him but I learned so much even without killing a deer in Nebraska and that was pretty awesome Grant he shot a mule deer um, up there too with a rifle and which we don't rifle hunt hardly at all so that was a new experience and the terrain was just you know he was shooting off like a bank straight down at you know, a couple hundred yards, and it's, mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. Just, it's, in Nebraska, there's mule deer, whitetail, pronghorn. Oh, yeah, we went pronghorn hunting, too. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, there's bighorn sheep. You can't hunt those, but they're really cool. And there's turkeys, and there's elk, and you can't hunt the elk unless you have, like, a specific tag or whatever for it that not very many people get. But they're just, there's ducks. There's so much fowl. There's geese. There's pheasants. There's, I mean, just everything, Mon or not Montana, Nebraska has everything to offer, and I absolutely love it. Nebraska spokesperson. <laughs> I love it. Like, I miss it. Like, I wake up, and I'm like, I miss Nebraska. But if I wasn't a hunter, I probably wouldn't enjoy it as much. But just, mm -hmm. like, being a hunter, and, like, you walk out there, and it's like, this is America. This mm -hmm. is, like, the heartland. You know, yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. It's cool. So I think that was kind of a wrap on our season there. We did a lot of duck hunting in Nebraska as well. Um, that was fun, duck hunting and goose hunting, pheasant hunting. I guess I'm leaving out a lot in <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> so we did hunt all of those as well. I shot my first pheasant. Um, Grant cool. and I shared our first pheasant, <laughs> which is probably not the best for the pheasant. Um, it flew up right in between us and it wasn't one a little bit his way, it wasn't a little bit my way, it was dead in between us. And we shot at the exact same time and we, we like, 
it was bad. <laughs> so you really have to watch for BBs there. Yeah, like it. there was hardly anything left, and so we took a picture holding our first pheasant. Um, but it, it was they're such beautiful birds. Mm -hmm. They really are, and they're a challenge to shoot too. You know, they're when fast. they whenever they fly up, they're loud, and it's really fun to see the dogs work as well. And the dogs get excited, and you know, you can tell when one's like that's upland hunting is just totally different. Like mm -hmm. I've I've never really done that before. Um, and then, of course, waterfowl hunting. We we are big waterfowlers, being from Arkansas. That's, mm -hmm. you know, Stuttgart, Arkansas is the duck hunting capital of the world. And that's, we've duck hunted around there, you know, since we were young. So Flooded timber. I yeah, the see. flooded timber hunts, for sure. And uh, that's something that Arkansas has that's very unique to offer. And in Nebraska, it's probably the closest you can get to the flooded timber without being flooded timber. And um, we hunt some warm water sloughs off, off the uh, North Platte River and there's a lot of Russian olive trees around and you're working birds a lot like you do in the timber and you know you're blowing a cut down like a Mondo style call and you're calling at them really aggressively really hard you're breaking them from really high and working them in to finish right there in front of you and it's it's pretty incredible experience there's a lot we shoot mainly mallards mm -hmm. a lot of mallards um, and then we came back home for Christmas for the holidays um, and we've been doing a lot of duck hunting in the timber since we've been back home. Very nice. So what's what's next for you then? Oh, gosh, so we already <laughs> have like next year planned out. It's pretty close to the same schedule. Uh, we're gonna be in Arkansas until about February, March, April. Uh, we'll probably turkey hunt. We're gonna travel around quite a bit turkey hunting. I think we have Oklahoma, uh, Nebraska again, a couple other states on the list. Um, then we're going to go to Fort Collins, Colorado for the summer and we're going to be working with LaTondras Media because we are a part of LaTondras Media Collective and Jake LaTondras is going to be kind of mentoring us and helping us hone in on our skills of photography and video editing and videography and all of that types of all those types of things. We're going to be working on some projects for Yukonuba together. We're going to be running our dogs and hunt tests and field trials and really, you know, that's what we do a lot in the spring is turkey hunting and hunt tests. Okay. So we, we love working with our dogs. That's another aspect of our lives. We did a lot of that this summer. Um, I started getting some titles on my dog, Nita. And um, she's almost two years old. My little baby's growing up. And Grant's got a dog, Rue, that's about, she's almost four. And you were training her mm -hmm. yourself, yes. right? Yes. Yep, Grant. I watched all your stories. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, for sure. He used to work for a trainer in Arkansas, um, Chris Aiken, in Jonesboro. And he's one of the best retriever trainers in the country. And so Grant has phenomenal skills and to brag on my husband just a little bit but um he he loves training dogs but he said it was way more difficult to train me than to train dogs <laughs> so he's we nodding wanna... his head right now <laughs> the dogs don't talk back <laughs> but um i enjoy i've really enjoyed learning how to train i've always had a good duck hunting dog and i've always done the basics like basic hand signals and you know just a good meat dog but to have a dog at you know, a, a finished level. That's that's a great that's a great tool to have. A, a, a Labrador or any kind of retriever is the best conservation tool that you can have as a hunter, mm -hmm. as a waterfowl hunter. So we really want our dogs to be in tip-top shape for waterfowl season. So in the spring, aside from turkey hunting, we spend a lot of time with our dogs the spring and the summer. Um, so we'll be doing a lot of that in Fort Collins as well. And then we're going to start it all over again. We're going to uh, go back up to Nebraska, do a mule deer, possibly pronghorn hunt, go out to um, Montana and Colorado for some elk hunting, 
and um, all public ground, all do-it-yourself. We're going to go with my dad to Colorado out to his spot that I grew up elk hunting at. So that's going to bring cool. back a lot of awesome memories. Uh, my brother and his girlfriend are going to go too, I think. Grant's going to be manning the camera on that hunt. So we'll see how that goes. He's usually the one that goes to like straight like hunting mode and mm -hmm. like ditches the camera. But that's he said he's, yeah, he says he's like not even going to buy a tag. He's just going to, because we hunt a lot of over-the-counter units. And so he's like, I'm not even going to buy a tag that he's just gonna his job's gonna be working on the camera and that makes me really happy to see him be that invested mm -hmm. in it you know because he wasn't into photography and videoing hunts or anything like that until he met me and um, it's it's been cool to see him grow in that aspect and, and want to learn how to you know run a camera in manual mode and when he gets a shot and he gets really excited mm -hmm. about it you know it's fun it's a lot of fun and uh, we get to kind of do that together and learn together so tell me a little bit about the media work that you do and like basically how do you make this lifestyle work for you as sure. far as you got to make a living, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we do our own photography most of the time, uh, photography and videography, and then we work with Latondris Media who is going to kind of take our film and I'm going to do like a rough cut edit and um, then he will kind of put a professional spin on it and teach me as as Jake Latondras goes and we'll kind of work together in that aspect like producing different videos or commercials or whatever companies need short films um, together and working together in that aspect and as well as photography basis and different photo shoots or if they need talent you know anything like that um, you know we enjoy doing things in front of the camera and also behind the camera and so that's a that's a really fun aspect of it as well because I think you almost do better in front of the camera if you know what's going on behind it right so as far as um, what do you do with so you did all these hunting trips but mm -hmm. like all of the meat do you uh -huh. eat all the meat yourself do you donate it do you give it to family members friends like what do you do with it kind of a combination of the two so whenever we were in um, Iowa this past summer we shot nine turkeys this spring and we ate all nine turkeys this summer there you go <laughs> so I learned how to cook turkey in all kinds of different ways okay so. and do you store that meat like at your parents or like do you have a big freezer we have here? a big freezer okay. uh, that's at a house that we renovated and we're living in it's Grant's parents rent house okay so we've got a freezer that we keep a lot of our meat in and then we'll take out what we can and we shove our little camper freezer full of meat and for a 13 Grant's 13 week contracts for physical therapy it actually works out to be the perfect amount of meat and then with so we shot two elk two bull elk this year and we had like hundreds of pounds of elk meat which right. is not a bad problem to have uh, but for christmas we passed out some elk meat whenever we're duck hunting we always have elk sticks whenever we're traveling you know we're, we're always using the jerky and different things like that like we we go through it so do you make your own jerky no we, at the processor yeah. they did it all for us yeah. I've made i'd like to one day yeah i mean you have to have the right stuff for it but it's not that hard yeah yeah I want to if I had time. Yeah. <laughs> We're always like on the go. Sound like you don't have time. So for somebody like you that sounds like you're living the dream, and obviously there's always hiccups to everybody's uh -huh. life that you don't see online, right? Mm -hmm. But how, what kind of advice would you give for somebody who's like, I want to do what she does. Like, I want to hunt and mm -hmm. I want to somehow make money. <laughs> You know, I think the first step is getting a platform, um, whether that's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, 
whatever. Uh, you need to have a platform and you need to like clearly be authentically you. You can't be anyone else. You can't fake it. You can't half-heartedly do it. You have to go all in. This has to be your passion. You have to be all about it because people will see right through you if it's not. And I mean, I don't think there's very many people that are that way, but I'm just saying like you can't just halfway kind of do it. Um, you can either go in as an individual and you want to be your own brand, which is kind of what you know me and Grant are doing, or you can you know go in from like you have a TV show or you have a podcast or you have a YouTube channel show. Like you you can do those kinds of things as well, um, where you have a brand other than just your name. You know, mm -hmm. so we kind of try to brand ourselves a little bit. We're going to try and get better at this, but it's homegrown Harper or homegrown. Okay. Because talking cool. about like our, our roots back home in Arkansas is that's where, you know, we learned how to hunt. That's where we grew our morals and all of our values. And that's what we're using to now spread our wings and go all across the United States hunting in all these other states. And that's kind of, you know, our faith in the Lord is what's guiding us. Mm -hmm. And so... That's kind of where homegrown comes from. I'm going to try and get better at branding that along with us, like as the Harpers together. Mm -hmm. um, so, do you think you'll create a new page for that, or just kind of? I think I'll integrate it integrate. into our page. Okay. Yeah, I think our YouTube channel is going to be called Homegrown. Okay. And uh, or if Homegrown's taken, then Homegrown Harper. <laughs> but um, that's where we're kind of trying to go with that. Should get an LLC or something. I need to. Yeah. I really. That is another thing that someone who's wanting to do this um, and make money from it. You need an LLC or an S corp or that's like on my yearly to do list. Like I need to do it. It's really easy. I've I've been saying I'm going to do it. I'm going to ask you about that actually <laughs> after this actually because I get hung up at like one spot and I don't know what form to fill out. So I need to do that. Well, it'll it'll get done. It's really quick. Once <laughs> I'm you glad do it, you so. reminded me because I've kind of forgotten about it. <laughs> so, I've been following you on social media and everything, but it's not the same, you know. Yeah, because you only get the highlights. Yeah, so. definitely. Um, where can people find you, reach you, you know, if they have questions, are you open to anybody asking you questions? Absolutely. I love it when people DM me. I love answering questions. Um, I love giving recommendations on like what calls I use or, you know, what type of boots I wear, what type of waders I wear, like anything like that. Like I get a lot of girls that ask me about waders because they're really used to not be a lot of options. Now mm -hmm. there is, which mm -hmm. I think is awesome. And I wear the, I actually just came from meeting with lacrosse, the new hail call waders. And yes. that's something that I've noticed in the waterfowl line of clothing that, you know, these companies are coming out with stuff specifically for women. And I love to see that growth from where I started when I was six years old, wearing my brother's hand-me-downs to wearing, you know, like men's clothes that were way too big and bulky and my gun stock would get cut, caught underneath my arm and all kinds of stuff to now like having clothes that are actually fitting me properly and keeping me warm. Yes, so. for sure. And if, you know, if you had any advice for someone who's new to hunting mm -hmm. in general, like especially women or even adults that, or men I'm talking <laughs> adults here because kids I feel like get t either get taught by their parents or they grow up and then they're adults mm -hmm. and then they need to learn if they want to learn right mm -hmm. so what advice would you give someone that's new to hunting and like how to get into it or navigate you know I would say to find a mentor that's really like if your parents aren't into hunting see I grew up in it so I automatically go to the parents but 
you know, I think a mentor, like someone else who's already involved in the outdoors can help, you know, bring someone else into it a lot easier mm -hmm. and give them like their, per, like take them out in the field and show them what to do and, and to teach them how to hunt. Where would you find people that could mentor you if you don't have any friends that? You know, I would say probably local um, chapters like the, um, there's like Ducks Unlimited, Delta Waterfowl, and then there's Whitetails Unlimited, yeah, like a, Rocky a lot of Foundation. Rocky Mountain Out Foundation. There's a lot of things like that to get involved locally with your community to find someone, you know, locally that can take you out and take you hunting. Um, yeah, and the next episode will be with Allison Rauscher, who talks about awesome. um, conservation organizations and uh -huh. how to get involved. So, perfect. Awesome. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think um, social media is also a great outlet to learn from um, following, you know, some, just, there are some great pages out there that just really want to teach. And I know the sportswoman Courtney does a great job. She's got a blog that is learn with me is what mm -hmm. it's called. And I think she, she does phenomenal in that aspect. Um, and there's a lot of other pages as well that, you know, you can follow or go online and do research and also with elk hunting. So our dads, they're the ones that mainly taught us how to elk hunt, but also we would study elk 101. Um, we'd study those courses, and that has that really helped us this year to be successful in the mountains. Really? Mm hmm Do you um, know how to call? Elk? I can cow call an cow elk. Call. So, like, what I when I called in Grant's elk for him, I um, ran about 60 yards behind him, and I was cow calling, and I was raking trees. Okay. So that was that was pretty fun. The the elk bugled back. It was like a really nasty, deep, guttural bugle, and I just like started shaking. Mm -hmm. I, I just instant excitement and just like, like I'm communicating with this beast of an animal. You know, it, it's just such a such a unique feeling, and that's what I love about elk hunting. That's what I love about waterfowl hunting is communicating with these these birds. Like you're you're flying them like a kite. You're talking to them. You're, you're convincing these birds to to come down here into this hole and to hang out with like all your buddies. You know, you're saying you know, hey, come back. Hey, come down here. Come down here. You know, and you're just to communicate with them. And whenever you know what you're doing. It's, it's pretty cool to see mallards in the timber, like, lock their wings, stick their feet out, and just come down through the treetops because you convince them. Like, you beat them at their own game. Like, <laughs> they thought these decoys were their friends, and these decoys are not their friends, you know? <laughs> and it's, it's very successful. Uh, it's a really just like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Not successful, but it's just a really, like, accomplishing feeling. Mm -hmm. Kind of um, surreal. Yeah, you know, that you're you're communicating with these wild animals. Like you understand them so well that you can communicate them and convince them, you know, that you are something that you're not. Mm -hmm. So, and that's what me and Grant like to talk about is that, you know, we love elk hunting and duck hunting and turkey hunting because it all involves calling or even, you know, hunting big white sails in the rut, you know, when you're grunting at them and you're rattling. I, I did that in Nebraska and I had bucks respond to me and, and it was Amazing! I get so excited whitetail hunting. I mean, if you're not like shaking <laughs> when you're hunting, like no matter what it is, but you get that adrenaline rush, you start shaking, your heart's pounding. It's just an incredible feeling that you just can't replicate that from anything else. Like it's, it's so ingrained into me to just love the thrill of just hunting and communicating with these animals. Even if, like I don't even have to kill them. Like I just love to communicate with them. I mean, the, the kill is the icing on the cake to get to bring home meat, you know, to feed your family. 
but just to see these animals in their natural habitat and to communicate with them, that's pretty incredible. Awesome. No, I, I agree. I agree with that experience just from my own experiences, mm -hmm. but the way you described it will be, I think is a great way to describe it, especially for people who've never been there. Yeah. <laughs> and never experienced hunting or, you know, there's just getting so out elk much. hunting. There's yeah. so many things that you could do and, and there's reasons that people hunt other than I'm just going to go kill an elk, you know, like yeah. there's, there's so many reasons for hunting beyond what maybe mainstream media might think. Exactly. So, like if you cool. were just going elk hunting to just kill an elk, you'd be missing out on so much on the whole experience of, you know, camping or however you're doing it, but being in the mountains, like the mm -hmm. nature, the beauty, like Roughing all it. of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Getting adventure. exercise with it elevation. Is. It is. So it's, yeah, I could go on and on about how amazing is, it is. I know that you were always a duck hunter or waterfowl. Mm -hmm. Is that still your favorite kind of hunting or have you kind of like <sighs> gone to elk hunting more? Man, I don't know. It really depends on whatever season it is. That's my yeah. favorite. Okay. I, I can't really decide. I, I love, my love for duck hunting grew even more whenever I learned how to call. Mm-hmm. Um, because it made it so much, so much more just like, like if you're watching baseball and you don't know, really know what's going on, it's boring. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're duck hunting and you're not really communicating with these ducks, you don't really know what they're doing or why they're doing it. You're not the one putting out the decoys. Like it's kind of not necessarily boring, but you're just, you're not having as much fun with it because you don't know everything that's going on, right. everything that you need to put into it. And yeah, I, man, I want to say duck hunting is my favorite, but then, I mean, elk hunting is incredible. They're and different. And whitetail hunting in Nebraska is incredible. Like, <laughs> I, turkey hunting is so much fun. I just, <laughs> I could just go on and on, you know. Um, I love hunting smaller game as well, but I'd say, like, big game and, and turkeys and duck. And then, okay, of course, I'm just you, repeating myself, but, your, yeah. <laughs> but when you get your dogs on, on like, and the aspect of a dog with yeah. waterfowl hunting, too. Like, they're, they're your best friend, and they're by your side, and they love it just as much as you do. You know, and they want to they get that bird to please you, mm -hmm. you know, and they, they love it themselves, but, like, ultimately, they want to please you, too. Right. Dang dogs. I love them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I appreciate it again for you coming on the show. Absolutely. And, um, again, so you have a website. Yes. And it is? Kara Harper Outdoors. KaraHarperOutdoors.com. I think that's what it is. www.KaraHarperOutdoors.com. <laughs> 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 That's what I will it is. link to it. I almost the, said my email address. <laughs> <laughs> I'll link to it in the blog post as well so you guys can check it out. And um, I need to update any that. Any of her social pages yeah. as well. Instagram, it's Kara Harper. Yeah, underscore Facebook, Kara Harper. Kara yeah. Harper. Yep. And you're going to start a YouTube channel or you have a YouTube? I have one. I think it's Homegrown Harper. It's, it's, okay. I mean, we have like three videos up right now, but we're going to do more. That's like one of our goals for this year is to really video and get that content edited and get it out there on YouTube. All right. Well, stay up to date with Kara and the Harpers. <laughs> and uh, thanks again for being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.